Hello, boys and ghouls, and welcome to episode number 15. In this episode, we're heading off to a summer of fun in the woods. There's hiking, arts and crafts, revenge, stabbings, decapitations, and canoeing. So write your name on all your clothes and pack your machete, because we're going to summer camp. You want to see something really scary? They come from the bowels of hell, a transformed race of walking dead. Zombies, exploding heads. Psychos, fanatics, murderers, nutcases. Now, do we all agree that what we are dealing with is vampires? I know that one of you is a werewolf. Ain't nothing but dead folks. I want to kill you. The so you ever talk to a corpse? Satan is our pal. It's boring. Throw the third switch! Not the third switch! Give my creation! <laughs> right. And then everyone's like, so, autoerotic asphyxiation. Right. It's like, what? Everyone knows the terminology now. You just learned that word. <laughs> Position myself. <clears throat> I have so many, I've got four notebooks. Good lord. Okay. Hey, Kat. Hey, Marshall. You uh, checked in on Facebook from a hospital. Which, I'm sorry. Which caused me a moment <laughs> of just like, <gasps> That's in a hospital. And, and then I, I just read on and it said that you were, in fact, you were checking in from, what was it? Linda Vista Community Hospital, which is um, right outside downtown LA and has been closed down for 20 years, some odd. And it has a somewhat colorful history and it, it looks really odd because it's today surrounded by a lot of residential, like just a lot of houses. And then it's right there and it looks like you would imagine, I mean, the windows are busted out and half boarded up and now it's used primarily for filming so people sure. film there all the time you can rent it out to film uh and there are a lot of paranormal research groups that go there to do investigations in really? fact there's one this friday night and i think they do them regularly so it definitely sees a lot of action but not not any more of the hospital variety and the reason i was there was mm -hmm. for an event my friend mondo who's been mentioned on the podcast before sure he signed up online to try to win tickets to this event which was a an advanced screening of the trailer for insidious chapter two directed by james wan and how long was this trailer the trail oh normal trailer length okay i mean the main event yeah that was do amazing. you get dinner before something like that we there was a cocktail reception with nice caterers walking around with delicious little fish tacos and empanadas and like you know finger oh, foods okay and then and, and drinks and that was all in the front like lobby area which they had lit like some red lighting and steam and they had the score from the first movie or maybe the second i don't know but it sounded like the first to me playing so you could hear it's so eerie and then they led a paranormal tour of the hospital. So all this started, it was still light out, you know. So they took us around. We got to tour a lot of the rooms, the hallways, um, the third floor, which apparently sees a lot of paranormal activity. The boiler room, which was... The boiler it room. It was like walking into Session 9, if you've ever seen Session 9, which filmed exclusively there uh, i think as a yeah. closed down hospital in la i'm guessing it's seen a lot of filming 
Yeah, and I'll put up some pictures on the Boise Bulls page so that people can see. But it was, you know, there's a lot of fake blood there right now. Like just so left lot, behind. Yeah, a lot of the rooms look really messed up in ways that they wouldn't had it just been left abandoned. You know, so there's sure. just splatters of fake blood and like hashes on the wall as though someone had been counting their days out there, you know, stained mattresses. Like, no, this this is all sure. production. I'd... Oh, okay. Like, I've, I've been in abandoned hospitals on a movie set in Philadelphia, which doesn't see as much filming as L.A. And they're just left behind hospital equipment can just look crazy oh, spooky well and i will say not all of it is production i mean a lot of like the fake blood of course sure. but there were like incubators in the hallway just like willy-nilly and old like 1970s 1980s like monitoring equipment that looks archaic yeah. there's and- something creepy about old hospital equipment even if it's not like in the days before anesthetics it doesn't have to even be that old yeah to just be creepy right. you know it's like this was before digital monitors so mm-hmm. there's a little arrow yeah it's creepy my favorite thing that i noticed i poked my head into a closet in a hallway Uh and there were christmas decorations with just dust right to me i took a picture of them that was what made me feel creeped out um of everything i mean out of everything else uh, I mean, th- yeah, the boiler room, they had, the boiler room counted um, as boiler room slash crematorium, so you Whoa. could see where they cremated the bodies down there. You know, we went into the morgue, we went into this room. By the way, paranormal researchers from Boyle Heights Paranormal Research, I think is what they're called, were hosting the, the paranormal tour, so they were the ones taking us around. All right. So the gentleman told us, you know, we all gathered into this room that they call the yellow room for obvious reasons, it's everything's yellow. But there's this one green chair in the middle. I mean, this the room just, ugh, it looks old. But he said it was used as a dental room for a long time. But that room sees more, par- they see more paranormal activity in that room. They pick up more there. I mean, the guy waited until all of us were piled in, like shoulder to shoulder in that room to tell us that more people had died in that room than any other room in the hospital. Wow. Mainly because there was a train accident um, a lot of people got hurt and they, all these people were, tri- and this is kind of a small room, but they had all these people in there triaged. So yeah, it was a little creepy. One girl ducked out of the tour early. She was like, I'm done. <laughs> and I didn't, I, on paranormal tours, sometimes I'll feel, I'll, I'll, I will get a feeling. I'll feel sick. I'll feel really uncomfortable. It didn't happen to me. Your feet will start to hurt after no more than an hour standing. <laughs> a strange <laughs> pain in your feet. I didn't do it didn't happen to me here though. No. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was super creepy. But after the tour, we all piled into the chapel where hmm. we got to view the trailer for Insidious Chapter 2, which by the way, at the time I'm telling you this, it yeah. was last night, but it premiered today on iTunes on Apple trailers, so you okay. you can watch it now, but of course they wouldn't let us record anything. You got like a 12-hour jump on the exactly. rest of the world. Exactly. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. And then James Wan did a Q&A that was live streamed, and so people were asking questions from all over the world, and then people in the audience asked questions. It was a dream come true. And at the end, I got a little red lantern. If you've seen Insidious, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, uh, that says Insidious 2 on it. little electric. Does it light up? Uh, it does. I mean, I don't have batteries for it, but let pretty me... cool. All right. So, Hey everybody, 
Welcome to Boys and Ghouls. I'm Marshall Hicks. And I'm Kat Knipe. And in this episode, we are discussing horror movies that take place at summer camps. It's summertime. And when we were discussing this topic, we drew a line between, like, camping movies. There's a lot of camping horror movies. But there's less summer camp movies where you actually have... Summer camp proper. Summer camp proper. There's a lot where people go into the woods. And there's others where people go to a cabin and things happen. That's that's its own sub-sub-genre. We're talking about multiple cabins, camp counselors, no parents, people... Everybody's getting murdered. That's what we're talking about. Right. As as much as we can is, find. The lake is optional, I guess, but there's usually a lake. Typically a lake. Yeah. And almost everything seems to be set in the 80s. When boys wore short shorts, <laughs> girls wore shorter shorts, <laughs> and we all wore our tube socks real high. Oh, boy. All right, we watched about five movies. I'm guessing most of you know all that goes into the first Friday the 13th. Counselors come to set up a camp. They all get murdered. Uh, the Burning, straight up summer camp. Teens go into the woods. They get murdered. Should I embellish uh, on that? Yeah, I think so. I think the distinctions are important. That, that, that one's uh, more of revenge. Yeah. These kids go to scare the um, handyman for the camp. Yeah. And they set this elaborate scene up in his room. So he wakes up to these fake skulls and candles and he is terrified Uh, When he wakes up, knocks over the candles, burns down his cabin uh, with himself in it. They all assume he died. He didn't. He's coming to murder them years later, right? Yeah. Sleepaway camp. You want to talk about that? Sleepaway camp's a bit convoluted, except to say that this one is a fully functioning summer camp, not just a handful of counselors setting it up Mm -hmm. or people revisiting it on a lark, but rather a full summer camp full of kids during which... A percentage of the whole, it's a pretty small percentage of uh, people get killed, but still, uh, there are way more deaths than you'd want at a summer camp Yeah. over the course of the film. And I went and watched uh, Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. I'm excited to hear about that. Isn't Sleepaway Camp 3 called Teenage Wasteland? Yeah. And I love that subtitle. 2 is called Unhappy Campers. <laughs> That's great. Both of us caught Cheerleader Camp. And Cheerleader Camp is about a group of, I'm going to say high schoolers. Okay. I I mean, I suppose they could be in college, but I don't think so. Who converge at Camp Hurrah for a cheerleading competition. And then, of course, the campers start dying. I watched it after you said you watched it. And I was like, well, it's on YouTube. Can't wait to talk about this. Like, this way I'll be able to follow what she's talking about. Because if I hadn't seen Cheerleader Camp, I'd just be lost. So lost. Welcome to sleep away camp someone is watching you someone is waiting for you someone wants to scare you to death sleep away camp you won't be coming home by the way i have a little history on summer camp in general in case you're interested The birth of the concept of summer camp was about 1861. A man named William Frederick Gunn and his wife Abigail were headmasters of a place called the Gunnery School. And in 1861, they took a group of kids into the wilderness. Where was this? Long Island Sound. Okay, Uh, because a lot of these summer camp movies, all the kids have like New York accents. I know. Yeah, sleepaway camp. Sure. Hardcore. But they took a group of kids, it didn't specify boys only, so I'm guessing boys and girls, for two weeks 
Original activities that they did included hiking, boating, fishing, and sailing. So, like, you know, typical summer camp activities. And I thought it was interesting to note that in Australia, they don't call them summer camps. But what do they call them? Adventure camps. That sounds so much better. it takes place over the Christmas holiday because that's when it's warm there. There's more there that can kill you, by the way. Oh, yeah. Giant spiders and... It probably earns its name Adventure Camp. Yeah. Now, you might not have picked this up in, in your research, but... I wonder when did Indians start weighing so heavily right. on, on you mean summer like camp? The names of the summer camp. You watch enough movies anyway with summer camps, and like someone's got a headdress. Yep. Someone's running around with a headdress, canoeing. I guess the whole outdoorsiness in America just lends itself naturally to Indians. Right. I know that the burning starts at like Camp Blackfoot. Yeah. Um, sleepaway camp is Camp Arawak. Arawak, which I just looked up, is like a. Doesn't really mean any. I th- no, I was no, it's, it's a real would... thing. It's on Wikipedia. No, 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 it is. But I was hoping it would relate to like the movie in some way, like that they chose an appropriate. Oh, I see. No, no, nothing no. like that. The original Camp Crystal Lake was a functioning Boy Scout camp with an Indian name. Oh, that's great. And if you look like behind them on like one of the cabin, like the cabins are named. Oh. Different Indian tribes. In Adam's Family Values, it's Camp Chippewa. 20 grand for summer camp. He's Mr. Woo Woo. So, yeah, so they've all got uh, Indian names. Uh, With Indian stuff comes canoeing and archery. And with archery comes Comes the potential to get get murdered. (laughs) To get an arrow through the neck or somewhere else in the body. Yeah, well, no monsters by and large. No. In, the, in these movies. Not in the movies we watched. movies. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't Human know slash. if that just goes with the budget. Like if you're on the kind of budget where you want to film in a summer camp, you're also on the kind of budget where you can't really get a monster. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just a, like that intersection of time because the summer camp horror movies also took place at a time when slashers were the thing. When mm-hmm. monsters were kind of taking a backseat in favor of a slasher. So it's just kind of the perfect storm. They yeah. just came together at the right time. You know, if people were making summer camp horror movies in the 50s... There would have been creatures coming out of the water. Yeah. It would have just people. been like, atomic monster in a Boy Scout camp. Yeah. Some kind of something in the woods. Yeah. Totally. But not human. So, but in the time when summer camp movies were most popular, which would be 1980 mm-hmm. to 88, 80. I'd say. Cheerleader camp was 88. That I'd really seemed that, to be... That the, seemed to be the death of... That was the well, death rattle my, of summer camp movies. And summer camp horror. <laughs> yeah. That was a slasher heavy time, definitely. Yeah. In horror history. Okay, so it seems to me we can say that some of the activities that take place at summer camp are great ways to get murdered at summer camp. So well, for example, arrows in particular. And in sleepaway camp, we we do see someone murdered with an arrow. Right through the neck. Um, and someone gets murdered in sleepaway camp with a canoe, kind of. Un- un- under a capsized the, canoe. Yeah, the canoe overturns. He comes up underneath to the little air bubble. And yeah. then the killer which comes is, up. Which is lit, by the way. Yeah, conveniently. He's... And the uh, killer comes up, grabs him over the head, and pushes him down, holds him under the water. So, using the tropes of the genre to murder, sure. you know. Well, um, Sleepaway Camp 3 managed to, um, like, like, I was watching it and not really impressed because by then it became, like, a camp that has, like, 12 kids in it. <sighs> but the kills, there was one where, like, a tent got set on fire, like, like a tent with, like, bodies in it or set on fire. Oh. And they were already dead, if that helps you. And uh, sure, the killer is roasting marshmallows over it. And I'm Whoa. like, 
Why did it take all the way to Sleepaway Camp 3? For someone to roast marshmallows over dead bodies. For someone to roast marshmallows <laughs> over dead bodies. And a couple people get killed with a stick. And I'm like, of course, it's the woods. Brilliant. I literally couldn't see the forest despite the trees. <laughs> when, when, it, when it came into it's so obvious. the it idea, be so obvious, it yeah. should be the first thing someone gets right. killed with. Yeah, well, and stick. I like, you know, the, the cover of Sleepaway Camp kind of personified. Was it a, a knife through a sneaker? a knife through a bloody sneaker. Now, the cover of Sleepaway Camp 2, which takes a, a different direction than the first one. It's got a different actress. But the cover was one of those like VHS covers that were just like, oh, what's going on there? Where it's like, it's the main girl, Angela, and she's got her backpack on. But in the backpack is Freddy's glove and Jason's mask. What? Right? I I take it you've never encountered this one before. No. Yeah. It's one of those covers that's just like, oh, what must go on in there? And then I guess the cynic in me was like, they're just using that for the cover. She doesn't have the Jason mask and the Freddy glove. And then you watch the movie and what happens is... She's the sort of like stuck up counselor that tries to play by the rules and anybody who breaks the rules or like does the usual teenage stuff, you know, they go off and have sex and she's like, well, time to kill you because you're being bad Wow. or any level of infraction. Really, you wind up with like an axe in the head or something Yeah. in those sleepaway camps. At one point, two of the younger campers decide to give her a good scare. So with paper mache and just sort of like objects around the camp, they fashion themselves a Jason mask and the other kid makes like a Freddy glove and he never calls it that. He's not like, it's a Freddy glove. He's like, I'll scare her with this. Shing, shing, shing. You all know what this is. And then winks directly at the camera. By putting on like a hat that's (laughs) similar enough. So then she's being like, you know, chased by a a little Freddy and a little Jason, but she gets the drop on them, of course, with like a chainsaw. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, so those props actually were in the movie. It wasn't just the poster trying to trump it up to be something it wasn't. On a night like this, one of us could get up in the middle of the night, grab an axe, and cut somebody's head off. So, I think just kind of speaking in a more general sense, what makes summer camp such a great place to film a horror movie or to set a horror movie is, you know, no parents. Sure. You've got a convenient place for the characters to come together and talk about what's going on. Like, you know, they're in their cabins yeah. at night. The seclusion of being in the middle of the woods, it's usually in the middle of nowhere. Um, it, It is secluded, and yet we're drawing the difference between the summer camp movies and the Cabin in the Woods movies because the summer camps are like its own society, and it has like a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. to it and it has customs you could say or it has ways things get done you know there's activities there's counselors and over the counselors are like the one or two adults like the camp owner mm-hmm. and the cook's an adult and then below that you have like the kids and in terms of like other types of horror movies i think about it like the, the thing where they're isolated at the research station up on the north pole but you don't really know what really goes on in an ice station mm-hmm. so you need all that setup but for a summer camp the benefit of having a horror movie take place there is because it is a society. There's... But it's a society run by teenagers by and large. Yep, which is perfect for teenagers who want to go watch a horror movie. Right. And I also think that the fact of the tiny village structured little community, that whole fact to me really gives a good opportunity for people to go missing and for there to be a series of murders before anyone finds anything out. Until 
as always, it's too late. Sure. So, for example, like, yeah, if there's a Plenty Cabin of woods. in the Woods movie, then oh. someone might go off. You might be like, well, where did Dave go? You know, you might start to wonder more soon if there's only four of you in a cabin where sure. that fourth person went. But if, if there's a hundred kids and a one camp, goes missing. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, I saw her at volleyball. I'm sure she's around here somewhere. Sure. And, of course, with something like Sleepaway Camp, you know, a girl goes off to take a shower in an empty cabin. Yeah. Well, everyone knows she went to go take a shower, and then she had other plans. She's gone for hours. She's gone for a while. Yeah. Which is a a failing of cheerleader camp, I'd say. Oh, sweet. Holy Moses. And cheerleader camp is just boob camp, basically. Mm -hmm. Just Boobies flying. Yeah. And by the way, I did not behave that way when I was in high school. Were they in high school? They were in high school. It had to be high school. Because Leif Garrett was losing his hair pretty hard. Um, It's Leif, thank you. Uh, And secondly, Leif Garrett was missing a lot of things in this film. Still had all his teeth, as far as I know. Devastating performance. And I just mean in the worst way. This movie was so hard to watch. Well, and uh, I he's probably... I know he was on drugs, and that's probably part of it. But part of it was just terrible, terrible acting. And he wasn't the only one. Among its missteps <laughs> in cheerleader camp is that the first death is disguised as a suicide. Mm-hmm. So then you have, like, this bawdy boob camp who has to take a moment of reflection to think about, like, oh, man, it's the pressures of cheerleading just got to her. Hope it doesn't get to me. Cannonball! Well, and, like, the leader of the camp hides the body right. in a freezer or now, whatever. Now, that gave me, like, one happy minute where I thought that it was actually going to be a cannibal camp. Right. Because all the cooks in these are pretty creepy. Now we need to make eight gallons of bug juice by snack hour. Do you know where the powder packets are? Yeah. In the pantry over the sink, right next to my bottle of dick cream. Wait. Ignore that last comment. Did you say dick cream? No. What was Mrs. Voorhees, by the way, when she worked at the camp? Um. The cook. She was the cook? She was the wow. cook. Points to you. I didn't. Well, there, there's not many adults that. around. Right. How about the, like, the pedophile in sleepaway, in sleepaway camp? camp the head cook not even just like some dishwasher he was like hey number one making food for all the kids um so yeah the cook so in in cheerleader camp it looks like he's kind of chopping up a body sort of like it's just a lot of meat at once yeah but then the body's found in the freezer so you're like oh whatever he was chopping must have been i don't know venison or, or something right but for like one happy minute i thought oh man to save money or something she's like gonna kill cheerleaders and then serve them as food right and then one what a bad idea they're all skinny but then two oh that fat guy's in for it because there was one really fat character who by the way had the first nudity of the film yeah oh yeah his, his big old butt he was mooning mm-hmm. and it's like hey got a little guy button here but then from then on boobs Years ago, back in the 1980s, there was a screenwriter and he had to get out a bunch of exposition about a killer because the killer is rarely seen and never talks. And so the way he'd get out this exposition in his summer camp slasher movie is by having someone sit around a campfire and talk about it as if this killer... Is like an urban legend campfire tale. And really nothing more. Just something that, uh, you know, these counselors at the camp, just on the other side of the lake, 
that they just made up to scare the kids. But what those counselors didn't know is they were really just doing the screenwriter's job of filling in <laughs> exposition and backstory about what either the killer of that movie was up to or what had gone on in the previous films. That way, they could recap what had come before. But what they didn't know was the killer was real. Because if he wasn't, it would have been a really short movie. <laughs> that was really scary. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a real trope of these uh, summer camp movies that whatever it is they're going to come up against will first be talked about in, in a campfire tale. I know in Friday the 13th 2, someone will come out sort of like dressed as like a discount Jason and scare them afterwards. It'll be like some one counselor will tell it and then the other counselor will be like in the bushes to come out and just go. Uh, say cut. Yeah. Now you were on the dance team. Oh yeah. I know this because you're wearing your dance team sweatshirt right now from high yeah, school. Yeah. One of many. Cut still fits in her high school clothes, everybody. Yeah. And was there a dance team camp? Like there would be a cheerleader camp. Yeah, actually. Um, we went to camp every year and it was hosted usually by the national dance association where they would have their quote counselors would teach classes so you'd sign up for you know a hip-hop two class meaning like a level two like you know one higher than level one a little harder anyway you learn dances and then the culmination of it is you perform was this dances. in the woods or just like no, down at the radisson campuses that makes so, a lot more uh, sense my freshman year was auburn university in alabama we would actually take okay. buses there and sleep in the dorms and just dance all day all day for like a week Okay, but as far as like go to the woods camping, did you tell me you went, spent one summer at a Bible camp? Not even summer. It was like a week. Okay. One time at a camp called Camp Mundo Vista, like Worldview. And it was a Christian camp. And it's funny. I hadn't even thought about it until, I don't know, two days ago. I Googled. It's still there. It still exists. Uh, so. what, what goes on? What goes on? What goes on? Um, well, the things I remember are, number one, I definitely had a conversation in my cat, And it, we were in cabins, like sure. exactly how you'd imagine. Okay. So, so it was like in the woods camping uh huh, with a real emphasis on the Bible. Yeah. And, and not complete. I mean, you know, like we were bunked in these cabins. I, I have a distinct memory of all the girls in my cabin huddling around and talking about French kissing. I'm, I'm just not even making that up. All right. Um, who's French kissed a boy? You know, and then regular camp activities. You know, we would swim. We had, I remember doing a performance, like I did like a drama performance and it wasn't about the Bible either. Okay. You know? But I know there were some Bible lessons. We went to church services, you know, a couple times that week, but out in a beautiful outdoor like chapel. That's it, nice. it was cool, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't overwhelmingly religious that I recall, but it definitely was a Christian camp. It wasn't like the movie Camp Hell. That I recently watched. Oh, God. I don't know. I guess not. That one was pretty hardcore. They would go through everyone's stuff and start throwing out comic books. Whoa. Wait, <laughs> is this a documentary? No, no. There is a documentary, Jesus Camp. But uh, Camp Hell is... It's in the horror section. But you go a long ways into the movie without 
much horror. Like there's bad dreams. Like a guy has bad dreams. And for most of the movie, that's all it is. So you spend most of the movie going, is this even a horror movie? Mm -hmm. Or is it just about like a crisis of faith at a summer camp? Oh. But the notoriety that Camp Hell has is Jesse Eisenberg is in the movie like five minutes. Like literally five minutes. Oh. But he's on the cover bigger than anything else. Oh, of course. And he has sued the producers of the movie for misrepresenting. Well, it's like... Sharon Tate is billed highly for Valley of the Dolls, right? And she wasn't really... She's not a central character, from what I understand. I know there's, like, at least three people on the cover right. of uh, Valley but of the Dolls. But apparently she she wasn't top billing until... Yeah. You know. Okay, well, his face is, like, the biggest thing on the cover. Like, well, like down low, I think it's, like, a cabin or something. And it's, like, Jesse Eisenberg in Camp Hell. Jesse Eisenberg for four minutes and twenty two seconds. Really, it's yeah. it's not much. I mean, he's good. Yeah. He's good at what he does, right. but he's like barely in the movie. Right. Did you know that a young boy drowned the year before those two others were killed? The counselors weren't paying any attention. They were making love while that young boy drowned. His name was Jason. So. There seems to me, and and I guess this is just true through a lot of horror films in general, but in the camp, uh, summer camp horror films we've Mm -hmm. watched, it seems like a lot of the killing is motivated by revenge. Yes, by and large. Pretty intensely. Either immediate comeuppance revenge of like, you did something horrible just right now and I'm going to kill you literally an hour from now. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> sleepaway camp. Sleepaway camp. Or, you know, 20 years later. Cropsy comes back. They should have been watching him. Yeah. Or, or yeah. yeah. Exactly. But I, I do want to say, I think a lot of the reason why, as you already mentioned, why mm. these summer camp movies did so well when they, they when they did came do well. out is because they're about teenagers for teenagers. And so because of that, of course, there is, in my opinion, an increased amount of usually sexual activity sure. or at least references. Just constant. I mean, that's what's on your mind when you're a teenager. Everyone, you know, it's it's forbidden. It, not everybody knows everything. Some people are more experienced and it's just this terrifying melting pot of just angst and hormones yeah which is not which by uh, also in, in the day well d- depending with these various movies came out basically pre-aids yeah which with the coming of clothes got a lot bigger mm, yeah you know first in the form of jams and clam diggers and then from then on short stayed below the knee and i tell you ooh, sleepaway camp those men are barely clothed their right? shorts are so short and their t-shirts are like half just completely cut off you can and, much and in the nipple. burning, it's just, girls, just play softball in bikini bottoms. Go ahead. Try not to slide in the base. It's nuts. <laughs> so, uh, you girls all set for the trip tomorrow? Nothing I can get you? Life jacket? Spermicide? Oh. Hey, you gotta be prepared. You know what I mean, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And you gotta give a shout out to Jason Alexander, by the way, who's in the burning. Right. Um, nope. Jason Alexander plays, well, this is one of his first roles, full head of hair. He's the camp crack up. <laughs> He's always cracking wise. He's always cracking jokes. And in these um, 1980s summer camp movies, there's always seems to be a camp crack there's up. always the guy. Often he's fat. Yeah. Or just, you know, not as uh, well put together as some of the other guys. Yeah. 
and a calling card of the camp crack up this is less what i think teenagers were like in the 80s and more just what young screenwriters were like in the 80s (laughs) which is the the calling card of the the camp crack up is impressions of 1940s movie stars (laughs) like to make the girls laugh they'll do humphrey bogart like listen here doll let's all go to the mess hall and like ah you're you're funny and not as attractive as the other guys. Ha 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 they'll they'll bust out like, like a cagney, like, ah, you dirty rat. Mm-hmm. Let's play capture the flag, you dirty rat. But then in Friday the thirteenth, there's girls doing old uh Hollywood impressions. There's one off camera, someone being like, Oh, it's gonna be a bumpy night. And it's like, hey, it's all about Eve. And then later one of the girls who gets killed, uh naturally. She's all alone in one of the bathrooms. Uh, she's the one who, I guess, gets killed in a bathroom. And she just looks in the mirror and starts doing a uh, Catherine Hepburn impersonation. Um, uh, she's like, hey there, you're not that good looking, but you're, you know, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, what? Even the girls are doing it. And I really don't think teenagers talk that way. No. So much as movie writers were just drawing upon... Like their their own was like, well, I like movies. <laughs> I, I like I like the old pictures. Kids like the talkies. Right? Here's looking at you, babe. Can you guess what my favorite line in all of Sleepaway Camp is? There's a lot of good ones. It's probably like one of the bitchy girls just yelling at Angela. Yeah, it is. Uh, and my friend Matthew, who you know very well, Matthew and I would say this to each other all the time. Probably once every month or two, say this to one another just because it's ridiculous. Um, so one of the bitchy girls here, I think it might be Meg. She's talking to another counselor about Angela and she says, She's a real carpenter's dream. I mean, someone wrote that line, and she delivered it with vim and vigor, just completely committed. And that's the difference. You know, Commitment. it's outrageous, but you commit to it. So there's a reason Say why like the has got cult standing, and it's not just because of the ending. You know, there's so many outrageous performances in it. And by the way, for the record, this was the second time I'd watched Sleepaway Camp. I saw it for the first time eight years ago, and semi enjoyed it. But this time, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie i mean listen it's really overblown a lot of it but i believe the kids as far as child acting goes those kids were little buttheads and i believed it i thought the acting was as as good as it could be the dialogue was kind of outrageous but the kids had filthy mouths which when you know a lot of kids curse at each other at that age and these aren't like 17 year old teenagers some of them were but like a lot of them are like 13 to 7 it's very realistic Yo, Angela, how come you're so f***ed up? I mean, like, what's your problem? Hey, please leave her alone. Oh, yeah? What are you going to do about it, asshole? What I'm getting at, though, is Sleepaway Camp. One of the things I love about it is, unlike Cheerleader Camp, which is truly just a horrifyingly bad movie that is set in a summer camp just for the heck of it because it was trendy and Mm -hmm. they could figure out ways to kill people, but there was no real reason for it to be there. Sleepaway Camp, in my opinion, I think you feel like you're at a camp. You feel like you're there. They give you whole scenes that are about... Just their, camping stuff. Yeah, like... Well, you, you could example. also say that they are useless scenes with nothing about nothing except for right. 
a softball game. Or, and okay. I, I will posit, that, yeah, they kind of appear to be about nothing. They add to the feeling of you feeling like you really are at summer camp, but also... So much of the dialogue in the scenes and the things that happen, i.e. the pranks, which I'll get to one of them, have a lot to do with the kind of sexual taunting that will go on at that age group. So boys calling each other girls and people teasing each other for not having gotten their boobs yet. I was going to say, the, the, the hierarchy of girls seems to be based on cup size. Yeah. Well, and pubic hair and having your period or not. Things like that. And like, for example, uh, the boys do, one of the pranks they do, they do the shaving cream in the hand and then they tickle the guy on, the, on his nose and he smacks himself in the face and yep. he gets shaving cream all over his face. Okay, you see that. But you also see this other prank where they have a guy on the ground blindfolded yeah, and then they tell him, the guy, he gives this whole speech about, okay, so you're lying there and I want you to imagine you're sitting up and really concentrate on it. But because of the way your body is and you've been lying here for a certain amount of time, when you try to sit up, you actually won't be able to. So on the count of three, try to sit up. And of course he can sit yeah. up. But he's not expecting what's about to happen. He sits up into One, a butt. One, two, three, sits up into a naked butt. The, you know, another of the campers has leaned over. Which I thought was really kind of a hilarious prank. But the point being, I think, number one, you, you really get the delivery of those pranks. Number two... I really feel like in a lot of ways serve one of the ultimate biggest themes of the movie, which is, you know, gender confusion and, and sexuality and trying to find, trying to figure out who you are. And the and, meanness that seems to go along with and it. And the meanness and, and the shame, you know, like it's sure. one thing for somebody to trip you and you fall down, but for somebody to say, she doesn't even have pubic hair. That's so personal and none of your damn business, but, and it hurts the most because of that. And if sure. you've never seen Sleepaway Camp... I'm not going to spoil the ending for you. Okay. But suffice it to say, I mean, we could, I guess. It's been out since, we can. since 1983. Um, Let's, just be, just to make what you just said make sense. So ultimately, one of the reasons why it makes sense that there's a lot of play with gender and sexuality and teasing in that realm, the crux of the film of Sleepaway Camp is that there's a prologue to the movie. There's a father... And his son and his daughter. You could spend forever on this, and I know this because how did this get made? Yeah. Tried to hash that one out yeah. and spent like half the time trying to figure out everyone's relationships. No, no, no. I'm not I can do this concisely. Okay. So the movie begins with a prologue. It's a father, a son and a daughter on a little boat, and the boat overturns, they're all laughing, another speedboat comes along, a motorboat, and runs them over. Doesn't see them, runs them over. And of course, someone waits from shore. That's not important to, you know, get into. Okay. But we won't, we don't even have he to. He was kind of the wild card. Yeah. Which I, I think it's fairly simple. Anyway, cut to eight years later and we see the young girl, Angela, who mm -hmm. we presume it's the little girl. She was the sole survivor. She's now got, so her, her little brother and her father were killed by this boat. She survived. She's now living with her cousin, Ricky, and Ricky's weird ass mom we're not going to get into that but her aunt and then the whole film is angela and ricky go off to camp together he's protecting her the whole time she's really shy all this stuff goes on turns out spoiler alert angela's the one who's been killing everyone and surprise she has a penis which is the final shot of the film because because what actually happened is angela the true angela in the prologue of the film was killed the little boy was taken in by the aunt and the aunt decided that she didn't want another boy in the house. So she made the little boy into Angela. Dressed him like a little girl. Raised him like a little girl. Hence, an incredible amount of gender confusion uh, and sexuality confusion. Only exacerbated by, apparently, we see in a flashback that at some point, 
she slash he saw her father in a tryst with another man. So it would appear he was but he was gay. Perhaps you're positing. Yeah. Well, we can the, only estimate. I, I never use the word posit. Mm-hmm. I use it a lot. Okay. Kat is, is also positing mm-hmm. that the real pressure cooker for this kind of psychosis would be the environment of summer camp. I am positing that. Where like meanness and hormones are going hand in hand. Yeah. And let me ask you, Kat, or let me tell you something. All right. Uh, I also went to sixth grade camp, which was my elementary school. The sixth graders would have a like four day, three night camping trip. Cool. Yeah. And so we would learn about like types of woodland creatures and leaves and and everything for how to identify an animal from its scat. Right? For months leading up to it. Months just standing over scat, looking at it. <laughs> Tons of scat. Scat is poop, by the way, if you're listening yeah. and don't know that. <laughs> it's improvised jazz. So, let's see, I went the day and a night and then another day. And then it was very apparent that I had chicken pox and I was taken home. I remember that story. So, all camp um, tropes or like, didn't you do this in camp? I assume took place... During those two days, I wasn't there. <laughs> Any camp memories that I'm confronted with in these movies or in other people's lives that I never did, I just assume got done during those two days. They said, Marshall's gone. Let's stick someone who's asleep's hand in water so they pee. Yeah. Does that work? I don't Is know. That a thing? I think it does. So I spent two days and one night. And for that first night, it, it was like a group shower, you know, like, like there were several nozzles, right. but it was like prison style. Yeah. And we all showered with our swim trunks on. Yeah. Like five at a time. When you're a kid, though, you're like, you know. What are you going to do? It's like, you don't want to see theirs. You yeah. don't want them to see yours. Right. Plus, with boys, by the way, you get the uh, the armpit hair gauge. Oh. Like, like, you don't even need shower time to know who's... Uh, who's winning? Who's winning. Winning puberty? <laughs> yeah. You can just go by armpit hair. So, if you're a late bloomer, that's a lot of time during, like, gym class with your arms by your sides. Yeah. I hope they don't do shirts and skins anymore. That was a nightmare. Yeah. Try to play basketball with your gut sucked in. <laughs> anyway, it's like they adopted co-ed gym, but they didn't get rid of shirts and skins for the boys. Right. Anyways. Unfair. So, Kat, with, with your um, camping experience. Yeah. How'd the gal shower? I can't remember. Although when you said that the guy showered with their swim trunks on, that made me think i remembered showering with my bathing suit on but i may be inserting a, a memory where it isn't there either we showered with bathing suits on or we had individual at least stalled off showers where you could like with a curtain i think that was probably that's more civilized for, for whatever reason I, I do believe that boys are required to shower prison style much more often than girls were despite what like carrie might tell you i'm pretty <laughs> sure i mean maybe things were different you know, a decade before I was in school. I don't know. But yeah, I think girls were afforded a bit more privacy for whatever reason. Oh, good boys on you. were just expected to run around with their dangles hanging out. Because it was weird and we knew it was weird, but we did it anyways. Right. Which was showering with our swim trunks on. Right. All right. can understand that. Every year, the finalists for the Miss Cheerleader USA contest travel to this secluded camp. This year... Something evil has come over the contestants. I'm gonna win that queen contest. Finally, something to die for. I just have to wax 
just for a moment on how abysmal cheerleader camp was. I was sure. really upset to have spent the time watching this horrible movie. You know, like I said, Leif Garrett was terrible. The writing was abysmal. Everyone's acting was either dead or completely overblown. Nothing anyone did made sense. You know, just the campers were dropping like flies and the camp just kept going. Yeah. His parents didn't come get him. The thing I liked, I keep coming back to Sleepaway Camp because I really think it's a great example of the genre. But like, Sometimes it takes a bad one to let you really appreciate. Yeah. Oh, one thing I do want to mention is um, Betsy Russell stars in Cheerleader Camp and she played Jigsaw's ex-wife in uh, Saw 3, 4, 5, 6, and Saw 3D. So right. she's been doing horror work since then. Oh, you know, okay, another one of the cheerleaders is a blonde, and I didn't write her name down. I guess I got too frustrated with the movie to put any more effort into it. But she's the um, female lead in Teen Wolf, and she plays... Oh, uh-huh. well, not Boof, the other one. Yeah. The one the one who's in, like, the drama. Yes. Okay. And she's the typical dumb blonde, just a complete caricature. The head of the camp is calling, like, Roll when they get to the camp, and she's shouting out names. And somebody says, yeah, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she goes, a simple present will suffice. Then she calls the blonde chick's name. And she goes, a simple present. Because she's so stupid and blonde. And I hate that. It makes me very angry. I know this is just an audio podcast. But for those who don't know, uh, Kat is, in fact, blonde. Yeah, I am. <laughs> uh, and I don't like blonde jokes. They're not clever. That's all I got to say. That's not all I have to say. I have a lot more to say. Still on, on Chiller Camp? Nothing makes sense. No one's motivations make sense. You can see the killer coming a mile away. You could. Um, well, there were a couple times where I was like, I'm not sure. But I then, was like, what? But then uh, I think the line that did it was the leader of camp turning to the character. Uh, the girl's name is Corey. She plays the mascot. Yeah. And she goes, you're a mascot. Not a human. And that was the apparently wonderful writing. She has to go around with a, an alligator outfit on most of the time. And try to eat through it and everything. But She's trying to fit a hot dog in through the nose. But that was their way of indicating to us that oh, that was her being, you know, ridiculed. But, oh, you're a mascot, not a human. Yeah. Like, did an eight-year-old write this script? I'm so pissed. It's just, what a waste of time. F it's off, cheerleader a, it's camp. Not a, it's not a fun shitty horror movie to watch it's 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 it, sleepaway camp is yeah but cheerleader camp you know I'm just angry the whole time if we were more aware of leif garrett's rise and fall i'm plenty aware really i've seen listen i've but, watched no, but like, like, but besides the... just vh1 behind the music if we were actually around for his heyday yeah and like if you like had his poster on the wall or something and then you could look back at it and be like oh my god I think I think it has a, if you'll pardon the term, camp value, <laughs> especially when he raps, that uh, I think oh, is just kind of lost God. on us generationally. Sure. I'm willing to accept that. But part of me just feels sad because he is so terrible in the movie, and I'm pretty sure he's just completely messed up on drugs the whole time they're filming. I just, I don't, it's not yeah, funny how guess. bad he is. He's probably just on drugs and, and a really bad actor. Um, and only cast because he's Leif Garrett, which I, I, sure. I understand. And he was a dreamboat. I get it. But, oh God. And it just, he's just this, he's, he's lying to his girlfriend. He's like, why do you gotta be so hard on me? Huh? Why don't you just trust me? And then he basically in the next scene is turned to the other girl and he's like, Hey baby, come here. Like, it's just, it's so, st- 
No, oh God. Who? No one. No one was paying attention to if if this movie made sense at all. No one in the production. They were just like, we've got all the ingredients. Just throw them all together. It'll work. Nope. The USA Up All Night is waiting for this movie. By the way, that's, that's what I wrote at, at the top of my notes. Like This movie was probably not even direct to video. It was just direct to USA Up All Night. And the worst part is when it came to USA uh, Up All Night, they would have had to cut the nudity. Right. What's left then? At just, least just Leif Garrett rapping. Movies to look at. Sheriff, he's over here. God, look at that thing. Scrawled in blood. What's it say? See you next Wednesday. My last moments at camp, though, were movie night. Did you guys get any of that? Uh, I don't ten, think so. Ten Commandments. Nope. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. All think right. So. We, we did have a movie night. This was like a hair before VHS became totally accessible everywhere. So we were still working off of like like a projector. So like whatever they could scrounge up for 16 millimeter. We saw, I don't know the name of it. It was some just weirdo 70s horror movie, horror in quotes. Oh boy. Not inappropriate in that it had sex and violence, but just inappropriate in its weirdness for kids. I recently went online and like left a comment on this class photo that I'm tagged in from fifth grade to ask the other people that were tagged in it like, hey, what do you guys remember about this movie? I'm trying to figure out the name of it. And the only details I I kind of still remember. One, we all laughed very much because there was a a guy with an afro. That got a lot of chuckles. Yeah. Two, I was feverish and coming down with a chicken pox. Sure. So my memory is a little scatty. And then at the end, this woman who's like kind of the main character, I guess, there's something wrong with her, a monster, like like a little creature, comes out of her back. Oh. Now, if you just write in 70s bad horror creature comes out of back, you'll get a Tony Curtis movie called like Mobius, which one of the girls, no, she's a woman, <laughs> the girls I went to camp with. Yeah. Uh, sent me back. She's like, is it this? Is it called Mobius? And I went and found it on, on YouTube. And no, it's not. That means there are two (laughs) at least bad horror movies. That one was was like some kind of like Indian spirit comes out like a dwarf. This was like a creature, like a baby, though. Ew. Right? Yeah. And and kudos to your friend though for remembering, sort of thinking as as much. Well, and then and then she looked it up and she's like, no, 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 it's not Mobius. And then can't be that. She was like, oh no, I want to find out what it is, and I hope she takes the reins because I just can't. Yeah. Anyways, hey. Because you're afraid to look up the uh, videos online? No, I, I, I spent a day doing it. Oh, you're like, I'm done. Yeah, I just, I failed is the thing. And, you know, I've been to a few film programs and a lot of time spent in video stores and several years of my life as a cinephile, I like to think, and I've never come across this movie again. Uh, so, hey, listeners, if you happen to know of a non-Mobius I think I'm saying that right. 70s bad horror movie where a monster comes out of a woman's back. Let me know. <laughs> and then I will find that movie and I'll get a copy and I'll go back to my old elementary school and say, what were you guys thinking? Because <laughs> this was just way out of line. After you show it to me, of course. Naturally. Yeah. Um, and then after the movie was over, it's like my chicken pox made themselves visible during the two hours we were sitting in the dark. That you can pinpoint where it and happened. Then, like the lights go out, no chicken box. The lights come back on, chicken pox. The lights come back on, and then like one of the teachers were like, "You've got the chicken pox." I'm like, "No, I'm just dehydrated." 
That was, and they were like, remarkable vocabulary. No, that's the story I was going with. Really? Dehydration. Because I, I think like they were just trying to get a good look at me. And I was like, no, no, I just needed some water. I'm fine. I'm good. Nope. I did I did get a ribbon after it was all over. They were giving out awards mm-hmm. for, like, you know, best this, you know, best for the, the three-legged race and the tug of war and all the awesome stuff I'd missed. Because mm-hmm. they saved the great stuff for the last day. Yeah. And then they're like, chicken pox award goes to. And I'm like, oh, hope I get it. Aww. Hello? Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? In most of these movies, it's all point of view shots. Like, you never know who the killer is. And all of these were post the movie Halloween, mm-hmm. which had that opening yep. that was all point of view. With the hand reaching out. Hand reaching the knife. out. Yeah. I really don't know the history of the point of view shot or the point of view killer. Mm-hmm. shot i'm guessing it was once cameras were made lightweight enough to carry around so that's one thing sure you know everybody if you know a little more about point of view shots <laughs> feel free to write us at boys and ghouls at gmail.com because although i have information i don't have anything conclusive right except that these summer camp slasher movies were point of view killer heavy and it's i mean it's a really convenient way to show the murders and keep the audience hopefully in the dark about who is doing the killing well even in the burning where we knew who the killer was Mm -hmm. it would be point of view because what they were saving was the killer's not identity but physical appearance how he looked yeah you knew he'd been burned up he'd been burned something fierce yeah tom savini did the makeup good old tom savini and it's like his he's more melting it's not like he got burned off it's like he melted you're looking like a melted man yeah So, um, anything to plug? Um, oh, yeah. Hey, guys, if you are so interested and you want to check out me as a zombie, you'll want to go to Black Box TV. At the time of us recording, this video is not out yet, but it probably will be by the time you're listening. Um, I'd say it definitely will be. Definitely. I'll stake my reputation on it. There you go. But anyway, I I did a prank video with Black Box TV where I play a zombie. I've got on a brown wig, so don't be fooled. And you should really check that out because I had so much fun doing it. I haven't seen it. I know you crawl out of the ground. No, I was supposed to, but I actually jump out from behind a bush. Okay, she jumps out from behind a bush. The only girl zombie, so. Ah, that'll make it easier to spot. And uh, I assume this is like blackboxTV.com or? Yeah, it's that easy. Just Google it. Yeah, I got on the first try. I'm pretty sure it is .com, but um, just Google BlackboxTV. And check out the rest of their stuff because it's really fun. But yeah, being a zombie, dream come true. Go check it out. Watch it. Share it. Love it. Or not. 
So Kat got to check that off the bucket list. Yeah. As far as getting in touch with us here at the podcast, uh, once again, it's boysandghouls at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or follow us on Tumblr. Or I spend a lot of time on Pinterest. Finding uh, great pictures having to do with horror movies and sharing with the world. And our official uh, website for the podcast is boysandghouls.podbean.com. And please like us on Facebook. Um, we follow us on iTunes. A lot of fun stuff there. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free. Totally. All this fun. It's for free. We don't spend more than we have to. And we don't expect you to either. <laughs> All right, Kat. As always. Beware the moon. Beware. Beware.